o'clock on a Tuesday. You know, I've always wanted to touch on this subject for anybody out there who is married, or is getting married, or is with somebody. Marriage is sacred. When I look at my mother and father when they were married, they held their marriage together as a team, as it should, as a team, right? When you take the sacred vows at the altar in front of your family and whoever else is there to share in the celebration and the joy, you're also taking those vows in front of God. To love, to honor, to cherish, for better, for worse, in sickness and in health. The only thing I don't like about the marriage vow is till death do us part. I know that 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 could be changed. Everybody could do their marriage vows the way they want to be done, which is a good thing. You can you can choose what you want in your vows for each other, which I like, Um, because I don't like that till death do us part. I just feel yes, I know death is a part of life. I've touched on that. It's different, though, when you're married. Like my mother and father have been married for a long time. They were married for 50 years. That's a long time to be married. But when my father passed away, it was hard for her. It was hard for her to be without the love of her life. I mean, you know, your partner is no longer with you. Now you have to battle life on your own. Now, she had me. Of course, I took care of her because I promised my father I would. And I never broke my promise. But think about this. In a marriage, the vows that you take to one another through good and bad, right? Love, honor, cherish, respect. I'm just putting my touches into the vows because there are certain things that should be honored in a marriage. Call me old-fashioned. But see, I look at my mother and father in their marriage and their relationship, and I admired them. They held the family together. Yes, my father worked outside the home. My mother worked in the home. She was a homemaker and a, and a, and a mother, and she was really good at both jobs. And she could have worked outside the home, but she chose not to. My father, again, had two jobs, and he gave us a better life than what him and my mother had growing up. He didn't want us to suffer the way he had suffered when he was a child. So I thank both my parents for giving us a great life and for working very hard. See, work very hard to get your just rewards. Struggling, failing again, they're all strengths. Okay. For me, marriage is, is sacred. And I, you know, in, in the years that I've grown up, I looked at people as they got married out of high school. Yeah, some of them were with together. They married their high school sweethearts. Some of them married and they stayed married forever. And then after the after a while, they got tired of one another. And you think to yourself, well, you've been together for so long and I would think that you would continue to be together and get through life's crises and problems and obstacles because that's what couples do. You do it together as a team, right? You don't do, it's not like one person and then one person. No, you join forces together. You combine your lives as one, right? And then when you have a family, then again, you want to give your family a better life than what you had, which is not a, it's not a bad thing at all. You know, everybody does it differently though. 
The thing that I don't like is when people air their dirty laundry for the world. Social media makes it worse. And I've seen an instant, this was a while ago, and I don't know if it was for show or if this was a real, it was a, a marriage between a husband and wife and they were attacking one another and they were airing out their dirty laundry, their intimacy, their problems to the whole world. Now, you're gonna get comments. People are gonna comment after watching that video. I'm thinking to myself, how shameful is that? Any problems that you guys face as a couple, husband and wife, and within the family is private. It's private. Why add that onto social media? For what? You're not going to like the comments that people are giving you. So why air that? My mother and father were of the belief that when you had a family problem, it stayed within the family. You don't talk about it with outsiders or, or other people. You don't do that. There are people that break that, that command, right? They break that, that code. You shouldn't. What stays in a marriage between husband and wife is sacred. It's private. Do you understand what pri- Because there's not enough privacy in this world. Think about it. Think about all the stories. Now, social media is worse for that. Social media is the type that, when you look at it, some of it's good, some of it's not good. And if you talk about your private life and you put it out there for the public, they're gonna take that story and twist it. And I always say that if I ever did a documentary, a video documentary, or somebody wanted to interview me for YouTube, I'm telling you right now, do not ask me questions about my private life. It's private. Private for a reason, private. I don't want someone coming at me and go, oh, you know, uh, so are you seeing anybody? And you know what, when the time comes, that will be revealed. I could tell you when I was in my mid to late 20s, and even after, I kept hearing it from family, friends, from people at work, from just anybody in general. Oh, why haven't you married? Or it's like, why is it any of your business? Are you writing a book? Are you writing a book? I didn't like the question. And, you know, maybe the reason why was because I couldn't, at the time when I was young, I didn't really seek anybody. I was at my own where I wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to travel. I wanted to just explore life. I wasn't ready, basically. Now, again, I've been in three very bad relationships, very bad. And I said to myself, am I going to find someone who will complete me the fourth and final time? And guess what I did? We both found each other. Because my mother had told me in her dreams I talked to her and she told me you will find that love of your life he will be the one who will love you for you will will cherish you will honor you will protect you will do all the things that a man should for the woman that he loves and vice versa it works both ways but the thing I don't like is cheating. I don't tolerate cheating for anything. I've been cheated on in three different relationships. And I always thought, okay, when you're a cheater, when you cheat the first time, they're always a cheater. And no matter how many times you hear the excuses, oh, well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. It won't happen again. I don't want to hear the excuse because it will happen again. If you give the benefit of the doubt every single time, then you're the one who has egg on your face. Think about that. You're the one who's the fool, okay? 
I learned my lesson the hard way. And it's like, I don't want to get cheated. That's the worst thing you can, and when you do it in a marriage, it's even worse, because you're committing a sin right there, adultery. Look it up in the Bible. Adultery is a sin. So why do, do men and women cheat on one another? What's the purpose for that? To get back at one another? So if you had an argument with someone, you're gonna get your revenge by cheating on them? Come on. That's just terrible. That's terrible. That's why marriage to me is, and call me old fashioned, but to me it's, I take it literally my vows and to the man that I love. And I told him, I am not gonna cheat on you. There's no reason for me to go out and cheat on you. You know, if I do that, what kind of a woman am I? If I look at, and if I can tell all of you, all the experiences I went through in life, how did you get through life? What made you resilient? Well, being positive for one, not letting situations and obstacles get in my way, not letting people put me down. When you hang around negative people, that's what happens. When you hang around negative people, you start to act like them. You start to take on their views and, and you start to be like them. And I didn't want that. I'm my own person. I don't want to be, quote, with the crowd. I stand alone. When I tell you I stand alone in this world, let me put it to you this way. Yes, you could have friends. You could have one good friend or you can have a group of friends. But let's be honest here. And they always say, what's the true definition? I've touched on this before, but what is the true definition of a friend? Well, a friend is someone you can go out with once in a while. You can, if you have a problem, they listen to you. If they, or if you, if, if, if they have a problem, you listen to them. You help each other out, basically. You're there for each other in good and bad. You know, you, you, you uplift each other and inspire one another. But there are some people out there that when you say, oh yeah, I know, you know, I could say, I've known this person for a long time, but do you really know someone you don't? Because you don't know what they're gonna be like. They could change. It's been known to happen. It's been known to happen. That's why, again, in this part of the world, I stand alone. Even if I were to make one friend, I still don't, I don't trust people. You know, yes, oh, I'll be your friend. Let me listen to your problems, this and that. Yes, I've had that in the past, but you know what? With my situation, no one wanted to listen to me. No one was there to help me or, or just hear me out, no. See, it was the other way around. I, I listened to their needs and I gave them suggestions. They came to me for advice. When it was my turn, there was nobody there. And I'm like, well, there you go. There's your friend right there. That's not a friend. Now, when I was growing up and I went to elementary school, I had friends from all over the globe, not just here in this part of the world, all over the globe. And when, you know, I, I had more rapport and more of an understanding with them than I did with the people here. And you ask yourself, why is that? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, I still have that. Still have friends overseas that I talk to from time to time, but everybody has their lives, they're busy. So you ask yourself this question. You say to yourself, 
I've known you for a long time, but I really don't know you because you can you can you can turn on me. In other words, you can betray me, you can manipulate me, you can do all of that to me, and I will not see it coming. One example is the one friend that I thought was quote a friend. I we were friends since the early 90s, and it was at the very first job I was at. I was there in my th my third or fourth year. I was at the job, and she came and they brought her in to do the accounting. She helped out with accounts receivable, and and so we became friends. But she was overweight at the time. She was at, but that didn't bother me, you know. Again, and she was a lot older than me. I was like, when she started there, I was in my early twenties. I was in my early twenties. So I say to myself, you know, we were friends for a long time. She she thought of me as quote, her and her husband thought of me as their daughter, even though I had a mother. And, well, my father had passed. She didn't know my father, but we were friends for a long time. She saw me go through my worst. She actually visited me when I was going through my cancer. Um, we were there for each other. We would talk off and on on the phone, and I would listen to her her problems. And, but I always had a problem getting together with her. I suggest let's go for lunch. Or she always made an excuse. I was like getting tired of the excuses. It's like, oh, we'll do something, we'll do something, and then nothing ever happens. So ask yourself this question. Um, Because I, I always pondered this now. But again, ask yourself this question. Because she turned on me. She came to my mother's funeral service or the wake actually she was there for me then about a month ago about a month ago no not this month it was from I'm sorry from when my mother passed away a month after my mother passed away she left me a voicemail message no number, no nothing. So I could not call her back. It was a private name, private number, unknown number. I don't respond to private names, private numbers. I'm sorry, because you just don't know who's at the other end. She left me a very nasty, nasty message. Where did this come from? You know, I was, I was, I was, first of all, I wasn't in my right frame of mind. I was mourning for my mother. So you tell me, does a person do that? You call yourself a friend? All of a sudden, it came out of nowhere, all this hatred that she had towards me for whatever reason. And she ended the friendship. I'm like, okay, fine. That's why I don't have, quote, female friends. Because again, one minute you're, you're, you're good with your friend, and then the next minute, you're not. See, females are hard to come by in terms of friendship. I've tried. It doesn't work. Okay? Growing up, I had, you know... Again, globally, I had more friends overseas and they were half and half, half female, half males. And then when, when my father passed away again, 
I geared towards the males because females didn't understand. Females, it, it, the, the females that I went to school with, and again, were stuck up and snobbish. and They thought they were better than you. You know, I couldn't take that. It was like ridiculous. So you ask yourself this question. Who in their right mind does that? One month after someone's loved one passes away, leaves a very nasty voicemail. Who does that? You ask yourself, is that a true friend? No. So she severed the relationship, and again, I don't care anymore now. I mean, it's been so long, you know? So guess what? No connection, no nothing. As far as I'm concerned, who needs, who needs, or who needs any friends for that matter? If your friends are going to treat you like that, then they're not your friends. See, that's why even if you say to me, well, I knew this person, we grew up together, we went to school together. Well, if you grew up and you went to school together, then you know them like a book, right? But when they turn on you or, or I don't know, what they try to do something to you or you get into a fight and then you tell them your deepest, darkest secret and they take that secret and then use it against you, then I'm sorry, that's not a friend right there. That's someone that I don't trust. So again, in this part of the world, I stand alone. The only people that I have in my life are my family and my significant other. That's it. Because again, they're the only ones that, you know, blood is thicker than water. The only ones that you can trust in this day and age can't trust outsiders you can't friends are just I don't know hard to come by I think I have again good rapport if I go overseas and make better friends with people overseas than here in this part of the world people are so judgmental it's like and they got to put in their two cents that's why I stay away from social media social media is known to take something and twist it make you feel make you look like you're a bad person oh you know I'm a bad person or this you know and the or they'll or they'll or they'll tell you, or you'll say something to them, like you do a video of some sort or some type of an interview, and they'll take what you tell them and twist it so that they'll de-shame you or defame you. I mean, come on now. Grow up, people. I've touched on that. So I don't tolerate cheating. I don't tolerate people that, oh, well, we've been friends for a long time, and you can trust me. No, I can't trust you. Sorry. I got hurt in the process in my past. Again, my life is for a made-for-TV movie. Again, I do want to make it into, quote, a video documentary, but it will be based off of a real, real true-life story. There's two parts to it. I want everyone to see what it's like surviving in a world where everything was thrown at you at a very young age. You say to yourself, how do you get through life with positivity? positivity so there is no ifs, ands, or buts you get through life even the most critical times in your life any type of an obstacle you're dealing with a crisis through positive you don't give up basically you can't give up on life everything that life throws at you is thrown at you at a very young age so you have to learn to deal with it you have to you know, you can't give up. When you give up, what's that going to do? It's going to make things harder and harder down in the long run. You know, now think of it this way. Again, it started with me when I was in my early 20s. From 21 up to a certain time. 
That's part one. So 21 deals with the death of my father and everything that happened afterwards. The assault, the cancer, the abuse, uh, uh, depression, the suicide, everything in between survived it. Up until now. Now part two is when I have found my true happiness with my significant other. There's your happily ever after. Good things come to those who wait. And you say to yourself, there is that person out there. And there is, and I'm going to touch this too on, on anybody out there who's still single. There is someone for everyone. I'm sure you've heard of that phrase. And it is a fact. There, it, it, you just have to, you just have to believe. If you tell me, oh, I don't, I like being single. No. If you tell me you like being single, you're lying to yourself. Because let me tell you something. When I was in those three relationships, I never thought that I would ever find love again. And I did. It took me a long time, though. It didn't happen right away. And even after my mother passed away, I was like, why am I here? What's my purpose here? Because, you know, she left. Now I don't have any of my parents. I'm by myself in this house. And you say to yourself, why is that? So that's why I said to myself, I don't think I can do this. So again, life is cruel. Life can be difficult, but it's not impossible to get through it. Again, a positive mentality. It took me a long time though, you know, to face these obstacles in crisis. See, again, you're not gonna face them overnight. And if you have a good support system, that's wonderful. When my mother passed away, though, my life just kind of crumbled. You know, it was difficult. Just climbing the walls, literally trying to figure out who I was. Because I was no one's daughter. Again, you lose your sense of identity temporarily. It's only temporary. But you have your, your parents in your heart. No one can take that from you. No one. You have them in your And wherever you go in life, they're with you. They follow you wherever you go. They're with you in spirit, yeah. And you say to yourself, well, you know, for the people who have their parents still, respect them, revere them, love them, never never say hurtful things, you know, because one day, again, you can have an argument with your parents and you say something hurtful, and that's the last thing they'll remember, and the guilt will eat at you. Hurtful words, you cannot take that back. Once you've said them, that's it. You can't say, oh, I, you know, I, you can't, it's too late. So I say life is precious. So I say I take vows seriously when I'm with someone and I love them tremendously and I think about them and you know the one thing I will never do is cheat on them. I think cheating is is a sin. Why get married if 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 you're gonna cheat? You know if you're not ready for marriage then you don't you're not ready for marriage. But there are some people that think well they've been married for some years and this is the one thing I will say to all of you and don't attack me on this. Women do treat more than men and don't know how to hide it. I did my research. In my single years, when I was before I even met with anybody, I saw with one of my ex-friends, she had a boyfriend, but she, she was cheating on him. I'm like, and you don't think he's going to find out? How are you going to cover that up? I thought that was shameful on her part. I was like, they had an argument. And in order for her to get back at him, she decided to cheat on him. I'm like, are you kidding me? Do you know how shameful that is? 
for you to do that to him? And what now? Is that going to solve the problems? No. It's not going to solve the problems. It's just going to create more and more problems and more and more problems. I mean, come on now. What's the matter with people? Why do you do that? I don't understand that at all. I really don't. I don't. I don't understand it. Why people do that is beyond me. Because again, it's just, it's just difficult. You know, when you, when you cheat on someone, you claim you love someone and then you cheat on them. I have no respect for someone who cheats on me. I don't. Again, I've been cheated on many times in my past relationships and I didn't like it at all. It bothered me. It bothered me tremendously. And I thought to myself, wow, you know, this is just wonderful. You know? Why oh why? Ask yourself this question. Why oh why? Why did why did why do men and women cheat? Why? Ask yourself that question. Why? So anyway, I'm getting off the subject here, but again, I was really wanting to touch on marriage vows and, and you know, I think again to me I'm old fashioned when it comes to marriage and, and you know, I really believe the sanctity of marriage, you know, you love someone and you have so much respect for them and, and you and you and you you don't hurt them. If you hurt them by cheating, again, what kind of a person are you? And I look at people's when I look at someone that I that I you know, and just in general, people in general one the one thing I look at is your personality. It tells me the type of person you are. Again, if you have a beautiful heart and soul on the inside, it'll be reflected on the outside. But if you have an ugly heart and soul on the inside, that will be reflected on the outside as well. And that kind of tells me I don't want to be around someone who has an ugly heart or soul. Because it's the way you treat people in life. It's just terrible. So anyway, I'm going to let you guys go because it's almost 9.30. But I wanted to kind of touch on that. The vows in marriage are sacred. I don't think you should cheat. Cheating is absolutely a sin. It's wrong. I just don't like that. It just bothers me. And when I, you know, and especially when you think to yourself, oh, you know, you have someone good in your life and everything. And I always said to, the, to well, the man that I love, and he knows it too, I will never cheat on him. Never. Never cheat on him. I don't have it in me to do that. I just don't. I will never ever cheat on him. And he said he will and he will never cheat on me. I believe it. We have a love that's so strong and no one can pull us apart. No one can break us apart. And if they try, they're not going to get very far. So if you really love someone, you fight. You fight for each other. You understand? But when it comes to cheating, no. You know, they say, once a cheater, always a cheater. I went through it again in my single years, where actually in my the relationships I was with and those three jackasses, pardon my expression, but that's what they were. And every time I, you know, would give them the benefit of the doubt, they go right back to doing it. So guess what? No. If you can do it one time, you can do it over and over. So I'm going to let you guys go. I'm going to say God bless all of you. Stay positive. Stay strong. Take care.